and welcome to the Pink Sheep Tales podcast. Pink Sheep Tales? What's this all about, I hear you ask? Well, the name is based on the old saying, Black Sheep of the Family, and Tales, T-A-L-E-S, is a play on words because we'll be hearing people's life stories. So through this podcast, I'm so excited to be able to share these remarkable stories from inspirational children and adults with you. These everyday people are building amazing businesses, excelling in their careers, exceptional in their industries, choosing unique career paths, and all in the name of living their best life. My goal is to encourage listeners to follow their passions and be inspired by our pink sheep who have and are doing just that. So let's do it. Let's open the gate and hear this week's Pink Sheep Tale. Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of Pink Sheep Tales for 2020. I'm pretty excited because I have one of my favorite, favorite girls. (laughs) You might have been hearing her lately on our, um, just the normal podcast, OCD Pro, but talking about all the organizing that she's been doing in her home. So I'll introduce her, Cello. Hello. How are you going? I'm good. And we'll use your full name, Cello Bordello. (laughs) (laughs) So um, as if everyone's heard the other podcasts, they'd know that originally we met socially. And then um, you've become one of the great member in my team as one of the OCD specialists, one of my organizing experts. <laughs> and it's been fabulous. So thank you for that. And yeah, we've had a tour around your home and found out all your new organizing tips that you've learned over the eight years of living in that space. Yeah. So we've, we've gained a lot of knowledge from that and it's been <laughs> fantastic. So this podcast is all about you. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so if you just wanted to have do a little brief introduction mm. of yourself and sort of where you are in life at the moment okay. and we can take it from there. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, my, my name is Chelly Bordello. I am a burlesque performer and teacher. So I teach uh, at the Bombshell uh, Burlesque Academy. So I teach my regular classes um, there where people... Um, students can sign up and take a term, so like a six-week course, and they perform at the end. Um, but I also teach hens parties on the weekends, and I visit people's houses or hotel rooms or in like little function rooms and clubs and give people a dance lesson, um, just a really more relaxed style of class. Um, so that's... Um, yeah mostly where all my like focus is um and then yeah also perform as well professionally um i also yeah i also work for christine for ocd and do my like little organizing jobs um which i love i love organizing very passionate about that and then i also work for showtime stars um and they are like kids entertainment so yeah no burlesque there um (laughs) it's it's purely like i do like face painting um, and that sort of thing for them um so yeah i i juggle you know quite a few hats um, yeah there yeah and yeah just get get the old gig here and there doing like life modeling um through different art studios and um yeah that sort of stuff yeah (laughs) so i love it i love it's so interesting because you never a dull moment never a dull moment (laughs) variety is the key yeah yeah so um if we go back now Mm -hmm. to when you were at school 
um, like primary school, high school, mm-hmm. and sort of younger cello yeah who maybe have been known by something else back then oh yeah okay yeah my um i guess my day walker name (laughs) so yeah i'm my name is actually sharon and um back in primary school um i remember i think people asking me like what do you want to be when you grow up and i didn't know I didn't know what I wanted to be and um, and I think the same in high school Uh, I remember mum dragging me along to the guidance you know counsellor like I think several years in a row like help her pick something and I'm like I don't know I don't know what I want to do nothing sort of like jumped out at me like yes that's what I want. I'm really jealous of those kind of people who know exactly what they want. Mm. So I had no idea. Um, but you know, I actually, I think I remember when I was like six or something, someone asked me and I said, I wanted to be a magician <laughs> and maybe because I saw a magician and I think I loved showbiz and entertainment. So even though I didn't turn out to be a magician, I, I definitely am involved in like showbiz. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I kind of wish my parents sort of saw that early on and, and put me through like um, dance classes or something like that. But yeah, I never did I never did dance classes um, at primary school age. Um, I did music because it was sort of like part of the school. I knew I liked entertaining and I liked performing because I was like a, a little bit of a show off <laughs> as a kid so I, I um, played um, violin and cello um, that yeah and that's why I'm called cello <laughs> yeah perfect um yeah so I knew I liked performing but yeah sort of looking back then I wasn't I, I liked being on stage I liked you know um, being in front of people and um, but I I guess I just wasn't really, really passionate about music like I am with dance. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So at school, what were Mm -hmm. so you were drawn to music? Yeah. Were there any other classes that you enjoyed, or I think I I enjoyed art, um, and I liked maths actually because I was good at it. Um, I I hated English, hate, and I still do. I find that the English language is just tricky with all of these rules and all these rules that, you know, don't make sense. And, um, yeah, I find spelling extremely hard and thank goodness for spell check on computer and phones because I would just, yeah, not be able to get through life without that. Yeah. Um, whereas I think, I don't know, maths I found um, quite methodical and you know, rules don't change and that sort answers of stuff. Answers don't change. Answers don't yes. change. That's a little, um, a, maybe a little bit of the organising. Yeah. Kind of, it, this is, things have a process. Yeah. They have a, a formula mm. and then we get an answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably it. Could be. I'm no, I'm no I'm expert, al- but maybe. I'm also really, <laughs> like, I've noticed I'm really good with numbers, so... And remembering like months and years and and that sort of thing and and um, people will go oh um, you know when did this happen I'll go oh that was 2013 and they're like how do you remember that I'm like I'm not sure I just 
I can remember numbers really good. Yeah. But I cannot spell <laughs> to save my life. Yeah, just cannot remember how to spell words. Oh. Hated hated English. Yeah. So I was not good at it. <laughs> so was did the same sort of theme continue on into high school? That um, it was like art and music and yeah, maths? Yeah, pretty much. Um, well, yeah, it was really good. I was always top of the class with maths. Um, yeah, didn't... I did okay. I, I passed through English, um, but yeah, that's my school was a little different um, because they offered dance as a subject, oh. and I think that's sort of how I got into dance. Um, so I think in year, I think in year eight, you do like a third of the year in dance and a third of the year drama and a third in music. I think, and then in year nine, that's when you can select your subjects, and I I selected dance, even though I had no dance background but you didn't have to anyway um because a lot of the you know subject you have to do a bit of theory as well and you also do practical and um you get assessed on performance as well as um choreography yeah and so that's i think that's sort of the pivotal moment where i definitely fell in love with dance in year eight i i saw like other um, classes that were above me, um, all, older students, and they would come and perform at our assembly. And I just, I'm like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to dance. And yeah. Oh, how cool. Definitely like the pivotal moment. Yeah. yeah. So did you continue with that up until you left high school? Absolutely. And it's probably the only reason why I continued in high school in the senior years because I loved dance so much. Um, became top of my class in, in dance. Yeah, and we did had different modules like um, musical theatre or ballet or um, ballroom dancing. So it was really great. But I think the one thing that um, r- was really kind of struck a chord um, was like the cabaret um, style. And that's when I think I first saw the movie Cabaret with like mm-hmm. Liza Minnelli and Joel Grey. And just went, what is this? And so we'd hire the VHS from the videos because <laughs> there, no, there were no DVDs back then. So we'd constantly hire up the um, VHS. Yeah, probably destroyed it <laughs> from hiring it out so much. Wow. Yeah, and I knew that's – I liked um, – yeah, I didn't quite like modern jazz or – I liked the look of ballet, but it never really, I could never really do it. Um, but yeah, the old style um, of cabaret, really liked I really loved it. So while you were doing that and at school, did you think after school, yeah, I could do, I could do this? Like, were you looking at cabaret and going, I could be an actress? Sort or? of. Um, I knew I couldn't sing. <laughs> I wasn't a singer <laughs> and uh, I didn't really do acting. I yeah, did a little bit of it when I was like a kid, you know, in some acting classes and that. But I I knew that's what, with in terms of dancing, I knew that's what I wanted to do, but just didn't know how to get into it. I didn't know, you know, who do I contact or what do I do? And I had no idea of um, where to go. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I knew that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So when you left school, mm. what was your next step from there? So I, um, <laughs> I, I was work like 
I had a job at McDonald's like from when I was 15 so I was still kind of continuing with that and um, I actually did do uni for six months I was doing a Bachelor of Education um, and it was at the time yeah I was doing a double degree doing early childhood and primary school but I think I was doing it because well, first of all, my mum was a primary school teacher, and I think that's what my mum wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I didn't know what to do with my life. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I can do. And, yeah, so I signed up because, I don't know, I just – mum wanted me to. Yeah. <laughs> and I did uni for six months, and I hated it. I mean, I loved I loved uni because it was social and – um, that sort of thing, but I hated the the content because I, I just I wasn't into it mm. and I was not passionate about it. And I think I did. It wasn't called practice; it was called observation. I had to go to a primary school for two weeks and sort of kind of be a teacher aide essentially and just help out. And I hated it. <laughs> I'm like, this is not for me. And so. I think I remember sitting down with a friend and I was supposed to go back to uni like the next day for semester two and I'm like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, then don't do it. And I went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially I just kept working at McDonald's like more more like full-time hours. Um, but that's also around the time I got into Mousetrap Theatre, which is in Redcliffe. It's like a community-based um, theatre. Um, is it there still? It is. Oh, wow. It, it's been there for, um, I think, close to 70 years. Wow. Yeah, because I, I performed in their 50-year, like that was the year that I joined. That was like their 50-year celebration. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think in a couple of years' time, they'll have their 70th. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so I, I think I... I used to do mousetrap as a kid and take like a couple of classes but I had like a high school friend who did some acting there and I think he needed a help like helper with the like his kids classes that he ran so and I would do the dance part of it and I I still wasn't a trained dancer but I had but I just like I could pick up dance moves or create some and yeah so I did mousetrap theatre and um, every now and then they have like cabarets um, and little musicals or pantomimes and that sort of stuff and I think they were always short on dancers they had enough singers they had enough actors but then they could never find good dancers <laughs> and um, so that's why I was like always like called in and um, and I definitely liked the cabarets a bit more because you could essentially sort of do what you want whereas musicals I think you know you had to do if you're doing Hello Dolly you had to do you know those songs in the musical whereas cabaret was sort of like it was definitely random whatever freestyle freestyle and just random acts and there'd be yeah some singers some some comedians some people that doing mimes or whatever and and me and my like small group of girlfriends we would create um dance routines in our garages and Aww. you know and come up with yeah come and up then with perform them and at perform them. yeah how cute yeah yeah so, so when when did i know you became a projectionist oh yeah when did that 
come into play. Yeah, so yeah, did the whole McDonald's and mousetrap thing for a little bit and then quit quit McDonald's and then I got a job at a movie cinema um, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So um, did started off doing like front of house, you know, popping popcorn and um, selling tickets and then, you know, did other things like ushering and stop take and then did duty manager and then I became, um, yeah, a cinema projectionist and um, that's when I, um, that, that's when I knew like this is my favorite job here in the movies <laughs> yeah. and um, and yeah because we um, I got to like sort of be away from everyone not not serve customers because <laughs> look that can be sometimes high maintenance hmm. um, but yeah I didn't really get to like you know in deal with stuff either I was just by myself in this little like this dark room and yeah, and I just did um, film maintenance and breaking up and breaking down of movie prints, um, lacing projectors, lots of cleaning because um, dust affects film. And yeah, it was my favorite job. I felt like I was creating magic. <laughs> yeah, well, you were. Yeah. So it's really like how if people have seen in movies, mm. people up the back of the theater in a little room, yeah, cutting film together. Yeah. So now that's not done anymore is it no it's everything's digital, digital. Mm. Yeah. so you were literally up there with the reels yeah and and yeah. splicing and, yeah yeah um yeah i i think i'm back then that was 2005 that i um started started the movies and i was like they use film like and and they did until 2013 2013 is when digital took over but yeah i was i was surprised even back then um but yeah, I loved I loved um, all the film work, and especially when I moved. So when I started, I started at Birch Cow and Coil. But when I moved to Dendi, they were even more like sort of old school, and you had to hand wind film together to um, to you know build it, build your movie. Wow! Yeah, so I loved it. So how long would one movie take you to, to make? Yeah, um, a good. 45 minutes wow a bit longer if it's like a long harry potter movie <laughs> yeah because it all comes in reels yes explain it because i think it's really interesting yeah a lot of people like, i had no idea i thought someone just pressed the button and it started playing yeah no uh movies get delivered in reels and you have you know um a regular movie would have maybe like six reels or your harry potters would have about eight um and then you have like your head of um, the movie and the tail or the head of the reel and the tail of the reel so the head would stick out so that's your beginning and then the tail which is the end would be sort of towards the middle and what you have to do is you have to connect the head of two to the tail of one so how you do that is you have a reel on one side and then you have like a really really bigger reel on the on the next side and that's called a 6,000 because it holds 6,000 feet of film and so you sort of tape your film like draw your film across from the first reel over to the big one and then tape it inside the middle um, so your head of one is right on in the inside and then that's when you just start winding so you start winding that big one so that it you know the whole reel kind of plays out like um, sort of rewinds up, up to the bigger mm -hmm. bigger one if that makes sense yep 
and then that way you've got your tail sticking out and then you've you've got to put on your real two so the head of two is sticking out on your left side and then the tail is um, ready to go so you got to splice them together and then so on so your reels are about um, they're about 20 minutes or so of um, movie footage in there um, so yeah that's why you, you know you have like um, yeah a bit of work ahead of you yeah. to, to get them all together so you could only probably fit about three reels on the on the 6,000 and then because you know um, that has to now sit on the platter and the platter is the thing that um, holds the whole movie and, and it, the movie goes or the film has to go from the platter up into the projector. So you've got this great big, you know, 6,000 reel and it's got one, two and three, but the head of one is in the middle, yep. which meant you have to take that thing off, put it on the left side, get an empty 6,000 and wind the whole thing backwards. Oh. So that the tail of three is now in the center Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, so it's a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry wow. if I'm boring you with the details. No, but I'm just thinking. Gosh, you would have got muscly it's arms. A one muscly arm. One, one muscle, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a long process, and I think it's also like one of the reasons why projectionists were just made redundant is because with digital, it all comes on a brick, and you just upload it, and you pre- you don't even have to press play. If you do all your film programming throughout the week. It just plays automatically. So I feel like the magic's a little gone. Because, yeah, I loved all that film work. I loved, like, you know, standing up there and I thought, oh, I'm going to put on some music. Or if, because I was right near Cinema One. um, So Cinema One would be right near. And if I turned on the sound rack, I could, like, hear the movie that's being played in the cinema. So if it was a movie that I kind of wanted to, you know... um, you know, sort of see but not see because you can't really see it but you can hear what's going on. I could play the movie that's going on and just stand there and do all my splicing and winding and that. But, yeah, it's a a long process Yeah. because then you've got, like, you've got to do that and um, so your one, two, and three then has to get wound onto the the big platter and then you're still left with four, five, six. So four goes on connects to five, connects to six, take it off, wind the whole thing back. Holy badooly. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it would take a good 45 minutes. Yeah. But it is, it's one of those professions that is nostalgic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was something nostalgic about working with film and... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, were you still performing at Mousetrap while you were... Ah, let me think. Yes. Actually, I... when I was at Birch, Birch Cameron Coil, yeah, I was a little bit, and for a few years, I was doing, um, yeah, Mousetrap Theatre. Um, that's also like sort of, yeah, my early 20s, uh, and that's also when I sort of started going out clubbing. I didn't start when I was like 18 or, yeah, started in my early 20s, um, and that's when I think, this is sort of like another pivotal moment, I guess. But I stumbled across this um, this little club, and it was called Bar Burlesque. And um, this is, I think, my sort of introduction to burlesque because I didn't know what it was. And I remember, like, 
going inside. It was really tiny, like long and narrow. And I remember the girls behind the bar, they were like, they had like feathers in their hair and they, they looked beautiful, you know, with their like vintage style makeup. And that sort of spoke to me because mm. um, I liked, you know, the old movies. And I think I remember asking like, what's, what's burlesque? And they're like, oh, it's like stripping, but not all the way. <laughs> and I went, okay, yeah, okay. And then so, like, my me and some some friends, we, you know, watch because what they would do is, like, I think on the hour they had maybe two or three performers come out and then you'd spend, like, another 45 minutes just socialising and, and having drinks and that. And then the next hour they have the same girls but, like, a different act also. And then... Yeah, some of it was very kind of like um, just offbeat or very left of center, very fringe. Um, but they had, yeah, they had some like commercial sort of things as well. But there was like one lady I fell in love with and I thought she was so amazing, so captivating. Um, and I just fell in love with her. And I would keep coming back to that club almost every week just to watch this lady oh yeah they had like other like on thursdays i think they had rockabilly nights where they had rockabilly mm. bands coming this is, it's in the valley isn't it yeah and i'm trying to think it's um, in the valley mall yeah because i can remember going to it and i'm trying to think what it is now it's called um, our place oh yeah and is it the one where they they have all the um they play all the like 80s and 90s I think so. music yeah 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 i'm I'm picturing it when, like, back in the day, it was, it seems wider now, but it just could be the layout. But, yeah. Mm, yeah. I remember it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I also remember it being quite male-dominated, like the audience, and it did feel kind of strip clubish. Yeah. Because <laughs> when at first, um, well, it would have been the same time that I sort of was like, mm. I saw this burlesque stuff. Oh, I love that they're getting all dressed up. Look at them. You yeah. Know, it's, oh, fancy, yeah. And fancy. I would get dressed up to yeah. watch. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. And yeah, I think when it first arrived on the scene, that it was sort of just seen as, oh, that's a guy thing, you mm. know. There. But there's so much more to it, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. So that club I think was open for a year and then it mm. got shut down mm. it wasn't long and but it wasn't long after that happened that I saw classes advertised so burlesque classes and I'm like oh my goodness I need to get along to this mm-hmm. so I think I saw it through Mad Dance House and I think they were f- still fairly new around that point and um, when I went along, I just like squealed because it was the lady that was teaching was the lady that I fell in love with at oh. Bar Burlesque. So her name is Lena Marlene. Ah. Yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's her. And I just like fell in love with, you know, um, I just fell in love with burlesque in general. Um, yeah, she has a multitude of like great stories, great tips and tricks and I knew this. I knew that feeling was right, and because I, I think I dabbled in a couple of like jazz classes, but because I went to Mousetrap for so long, and I'm, and I had no real dance experience, no training, no training from school, like dance schools, 
and I thought oh maybe I should go to a dance school and get some like actual training and I did I went and did some ballet and jazz and tap and contemporary and just found that I was kind of good at jazz and tap but I was no good at ballet and um but yeah when I did the burlesque classes I'm like oh this feels right Mm. like this this feeds my soul that's around the time I sort of started circus classes as well yeah Mm. yeah so um what age were you then I was let's see 23 23 yeah oh wow so um how did you so what happened when you're going to um, the classes were you just like okay this is I must make a career of this I must uh, I, I didn't know if I could ever like back then I thought I could never ever make a career but I'm like I knew I knew this is the style of dance class like dance dancing that I like yeah oh. and um, I just I just want to keep doing this and I kept working at the cinemas to feed that habit mm. yeah so what else was happening around that time in your life? Uh, I got engaged. <laughs> yeah, I met, met Lee right before I started working at the cinemas. Um, yeah, got engaged and then spent a year kind of saving to get married. So I kind of pulled away from doing as many dance classes as I was. Um, yeah, and then... After I got married, I dove back in and I started doing more things. Like I thought, I'm going to give pole dancing a go. I never thought I'd like it. But, and I didn't really, I didn't really see any pole dancers that I, you know, that I went, oh, that's so good. But I did see one and she was working at Scoundrel. So Lena Marlene, that is the teacher at Mad Dance House, she was also running her own burlesque academy um, called Scoundrels. So they, Scoundrels was teaching burlesque and pole dancing. Um, yeah, and so I thought, I'm just going to give pole dancing a go. And I actually quite liked it. And I thought it was just fun and it was really good for fitness. Um, and so, yeah, started doing Scoundrels a lot, a lot more classes. And then eventually they asked me if I could um, teach hen- like be available to teach hens parties because in 2011 is when Burlesque the movie came out <laughs> and then everyone wanted Burlesque hens parties. It was just the, the buzzword, the flavor of the year and business boomed, um, which was good for us. But yeah, we had to do like a lot of educating because that movie isn't quite burlesque yeah um but yeah and so they were overrun with hens parties so I was there to help and I was doing quite a lot two or three each weekend back to back and um and then eventually um I got to be teaching my own regular classes there um and also I was doing the admin and reception for for scoundrels so people inquiring about hence parties and booking them in or people inquiring about classes and answering their questions. So I got to work from home, still doing cinema stuff, but yeah, got to do admin and and reception things for scoundrels. In a downtime on the reception, were you kind of like imagining maybe becoming a Miss Burlesque or something? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Not really. I was <laughs> like, I was enjoying just being in the scene and I was enjoying like creating acts and, and supporting my friends that were entering the competitions. Um, but I thought, oh, I'm not, I always thought I wasn't good enough to enter like Miss Burlesque Queensland. And yeah. What would be the next big event mm. from doing the hens, starting to do the hens yeah. parties? Um, what's the next thing? I guess, um, let's see. So, yeah, Scoundrels finished at the end of 2012 and then um, Lena um, started um, Lady Marlene's School of Art. So I was teaching pole dancing and, and um, uh, burlesque there and around doing that for a few years and in within those years, like I... I actually entered Miss Burlesque Queensland, mm-hmm. um, and then I won. I took it out. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Which is something I wasn't expecting, and it was like, yeah, really humbling. And so, what was the act you performed in that? Uh, I did three acts. I did um, my band in Boston, which is a classic act. Uh, I did for my neo routine. I did um, my Stig act. It's a bit of a comedy. Oh my God, I love that one. <laughs> so good. And then for my unique act, I did the hula lamp, which... Oh, favourite as well. <laughs> and that one's an aerial act, so I use aerial um, circus elements. In yeah. That. Yeah. And people would be able to look up those performances. Yeah, if they yeah. want to. On YouTube? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What would they look up? Uh, I guess... You could look up Cello Bordello, Miss Bellis, Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I love that Stig act is so good. It is so, so good. It's a lot of silly. Yeah. 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 That's what I love. But, no, it's clever silly. It's, it's just so unexpected. Yeah. And I remember when the first time I saw it, I was like, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? This is, this is awesome. Oh, this is brilliant. Um. So then what year was that that you won Miss Burlesque? That was 2015. 2015. So was that nearly going off four years ago, going on five. So what what have been some other big achievements during Um, that time or big changes in your life? Oh, let's see. Um, uh, I started working for Bombshell Burlesque Academy. Um, I've now toured all over Australia, which, I mean, I think, before Miss Burlesque Queensland, I'd done, like, the East Coast. I've done, you know, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. Um, but then, yeah, then I had people sort of chasing me, like, you know, um, I had Dolores Stackery wanting me to perform for, like, the Australian Burlesque Festival, and I got to do things like the Perth International Burlesque Festival. I got to do, like, the Cairns and Townsville, like, um, Bubble Glamour tour there. Um, yeah been to Darwin, Alice Springs, um, Adelaide, and yeah, pretty much everywhere except Canberra and Hobart. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a great opportunity to like meet other people from other states. Mm. Um, yes, that was great fun. Uh, the other really cool thing is that the Bombshell um, events put on a show at the Brisbane Powerhouse each year, part of the Wonderland Festival, and um, I've been invited to um, perform um, aerials and group acts and that sort of thing um, with them. So, yeah, last this last month, oh, yeah, last month was the fourth year. Yeah, so four years in a row we've done that. 
so good. <laughs> so good. Um, this year was the first one that I've seen. Yeah. Been, every year I go, oh, I've got to get to it, got to get to it. Um, and this year I was like, must go, must go. And it was fantastic. Like everyone was so good. And at the end of it, I went with um, one of my girlfriends and her ma- uh, her mother-in-law. And at the end we were like, oh, it's over. Oh, we want more. Oh, <laughs> come back out. Come back out. Do it again. Do it again. It, it was all so good. And your ads, and again, uh, I think um, – Lila's put them on YouTube, yeah. the Bombshell channel. So, yeah, everyone can look at it. It was amazing. It was so beautiful. Aww. And, yeah, heaps of people I've spoken to about it said the same, that they were looking at the silhouette <laughs> on the wall. It was just so pretty. you like, oh, look at you. <laughs> so cute. And you're, did you say Lee made your little shorts? Oh, yeah, you, my tap pants. Yeah, yeah, and the cape that Aww. I had at the start. Yeah. Isn't he good? He is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so could does it all seem like surreal that when you sort of think back to the young Sharon at high school? Yeah. Oh, I really like dancing. And yeah. Then, I would have never thought I would ever perform like um, all over Australia, um, but also like Brisbane Powerhouse. I think holds a special place in my heart because um, I've seen like many really talented um, performers and shows there. Um, so to be, um, to perform there and especially like in the main theatre, in the main auditorium, that was like, ah, oh, that was really good. Yeah. Um, oh, and another thing, I don't know why I forgot this, but I was also invited on the Australian Burlesque Cruise. Yeah. To teach. So they have, um, I think they're doing it yearly now where they have like, um, uh, they invite it to burlesque performers, brand new, or people that have been doing it for years, or in between, and you and you go on a cruise ship, and you can attend classes throughout the week to expand your, you know, your knowledge, um, but it's also fun for, like, social gatherings and cocktail parties and dress-ups and that sort of thing, and just to mingle with other, other burlesque, um, you know, students from around Australia, and they only select like a really small handful of teachers each year. And I was really like, um, yeah, just really blown away to be asked by that, um, which was yeah, this year, this well, year, two thousand and nineteen. Yes, yeah. Ah, how awesome! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was my first time on a cruise too. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to do it again? Uh, yeah, if the seas aren't so rough this, like, next time. <laughs> oh, were they? Oh. Yeah, they were pretty rough. Oh, yeah, don't like that. <laughs> Go when the seas are much better. So what is it, what can you see for your near and distant future? What would you like to oh, have happen? Um, I guess I, I, I would like to tick off the Canberra and Hobart thing, mm-hmm. you know, so that I can say I've performed in every capital. Yeah. Um, so that would be kind of cool. Um, I'd love to perform overseas. Like, yeah, they have they have burlesque festivals all over the world. Mm. Um, I just haven't applied for any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you do have to be self-funded a lot, um, you know, pay for your own flights and accommodation. Um, so, yeah, costumes. So yeah. I think what I'd like to do is kind of holiday overseas and then while I'm there I can do a gig or so but yeah yeah it's it's probably the 
the thing that's put me off from performing overseas is like the cost of it mm. um, but I'd love to do that yeah um, and I don't know if I could ever do competitions ever again whether you know whether that's Miss Burlesque Australia or Burlesque Hall of Fame or the London Burlesque Games I don't think I could yeah competitions are very very stressful mm. <laughs> and I don't like being judged I just want to perform <laughs> yeah what's your favorite app that you've performed do you have a favorite I think the, the Crescent Moon one that I've just done is my my new favorite yeah and oh, I just love the song and I just I love being in the air I love being upside down and doing circusy things <laughs> yeah oh it was so pretty oh, thank you mm, so clever well, if there was a little performer out there listening to this podcast <laughs> and they're like, I want to be like that, what advice would you give them? Do dance classes. Yeah, if I if I could go back um, to my primary school age, I would definitely start ballet, um, you know, yeah, even gymnastics. All that stuff is good for you when you're, like, young. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're older, you can train, like, really, really hard, but that that stuff you just comes easier and more natural to like kids mm. um yeah so yeah i've had to i've done a lot of dance training i did jazz and tap and i also forced myself to do exams um as an adult and i had to do exams with like the little kids oh really <laughs> yeah i had to like really push myself because sometimes i'm like why am i doing this but it, it's good because uh, like i um I think I made up for lost time, but I, I definitely felt like I had to work really hard as an adult. Whereas I think when you're a kid, it just, I don't know, you're more bendy, yeah. you're more flexible and you're more sort of absorbent of information. Mm. Yeah. So de- like if you're young and you want to be a performer, like even if you don't like ballet, ballet is like really good training uh, for your lines and discipline and just like common knowledge of, um, all those sort of like words yeah I know super super like I know plie um grand batmont and you know uh (laughs) what else part of beret I don't know any like other sort of dance terminology much apart from just like yeah a couple of handfuls of words yeah yeah oh that's okay I admire you a lot because you're pursuing your passions and just (laughs) Doing what you want to do, being happy, and a variety of things. Yeah, like, yeah. And I'm so happy to have you on my team, and Aww. yeah, and that we're friends. And oh, I just love it. I just love it. So I really, I'm so grateful that you shared your story with us today, because um, I know it's a lot of some people might know Sharon. Yeah, I might just know cello. Yeah, <laughs> and because I met you as cello, yeah, I find it very hard to call you Sharon because I'm like Sharon cello, just Sharon. <laughs> Can we just stick with cello? That's totally fine. Yeah, it's so cute too. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story, and I bet people are really interested in the um, projectionist part as well because I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. But other little people who were like yeah I don't know what I'm going to do and I'm kind of a bit creative and I like to dance and yeah yeah, just gives them something to look up to so good okay well we'll sign off for now and thank you again you've given me so much time today but 
I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, we'll add all the links to your performances so everyone can see them. Okay. So great. I'll sign off for now. Okay. And thank you again. Okay. <laughs> Bye. See you. Thank you for listening and I hope you really enjoyed this week's tale. Let me now invite you to pop over to our Facebook group called Pink Sheep Tales Podcast and there you can stay up to date with all the exciting news from our pink sheep. You can also find myself at OCD, Organising Cleaning and Decluttering Specialists on Facebook or on my website ocdpro.com.au. Well, I'll catch you back here next week. Until then, enjoy yourself. <laughs>